You're listening to Not For Clicks. Success this season would be Todd Bowley leaving. To win world championships for multiple teams is really, really rare. <laughs> if you could put my camera on heat cam, it would be red. The guy's taking a job in Aberdeen. He lives in Cornwall. <laughs> right, welcome to Not For Clicks, your go-to pod for unfiltered and hearty debate, where we don't leave anything on the table. And if we do, call us out in the comments. I'm your host, Marvin Moses. He's G. He's Ollie. Uh, what a week in sports. Let's just go through it. Neil Warnock's back in football manager. I can't believe Neil Warnock's back in football manager. At the ripe old age of 75, the Premier League saw the most amount of goals in a game week of 45 goals last weekend. Some of G, G, G saw a lot of them at Stamford Bridge. We'll, we'll, t- we'll touch upon that later. Where England lost the second test to India. We're at the semi-finals of the AFCON. G, you must be happy about that. Nigeria's through to that. Colin Graves is back at Yorkshire, so a pertinent uh, piece of information from our last pod. And we don't know who's going to be back. Will it be Jose? Will it be Frank for the female Chelsea team? There's lots to discuss. But (laughs) in typical fashion, let's start with quick hits. Oli, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, We've seen Jude Bellingham tearing up the Liga. We've seen Phil Foden with a a hat-trick against Brentford this weekend. Are England in good shape for the Euros this year? England, um, I thought they were in good shape, irrespective of that, really. I think that uh, there's no excuses. There's no excuses for your your friend Gareth Southgate. He's got a really good squad. Whoa, whoa, and, whoa, 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 whoa. Ollie, Ollie. Bear what? in mind, this is what? What is this? Pod f- four, five? Pod five, right? Yeah, yeah. They don't know how I feel about Southgate. So when you say stuff like, your friend Southgate. They're going to be, oh, Mark's a Southgate fan. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. We know, I can't stand the man. We know that he, he can have Messi and Ronaldo in their prime and they still ain't winning anything. So let's just be really real about this. Oh, I don't want to be misquoted, right? Anyway, go on. Sorry. Fair enough. Sorry. Fair enough. I mean, you know, I, I thought that you'd kind of made it clear from... I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that we're taking over some of the listeners that we had in the previous pod where you kind of made it quite clear, you know. But, um, We've got but anyway. We've got new listeners. We've got new listeners. I hope so. Oh. I hope so. Oh. Marv, you made it clear to anyone who would listen. Yeah. Let me tell you. Stop. That's right. <laughs> There's certain instances where we can have no margin for error. And this is one of them. <laughs> I ain't having it. Right? Anyway, so you feel they're in good shape. Absolutely. With the players, when you think that... When you think you've got you, you're missing out Harry Kane in that as well. Harry Kane scoring goals in in, in Germany, and he's kind of you know he is he's the biggest thing in, in in German football right now, isn't he? So you've got Kane scoring goals, you've got Bellingham doing big things at, uh, at Real Madrid, and you've got well Foden. I'm not, I'm not really I'm not really buying into the Foden thing. You, I know what's coming. He I just, just you know I just feel like. He's going to have to do a bit more than score a hat trick against Brentford to impress me, I have to say. But uh, but other than that, yeah, they've got some they've got some good players doing big things. Are you converted on Bellingham yet, Oli? Bellingham, uh, uh, I still need to see more. Really, he's doing great. <laughs> he's doing great. But let's see let's see what he comes out with at the end of the season. If he wins the Champions League and the Liga, then yeah, he's he's done great. Wow, that's that's. that's... Champions League and Liga, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a couple of cups, a couple of cups. Not, not yeah. How I drink with that all the time for fun. <laughs> Gee, let's come to you. We've got to stay with your beloved Chelsea. Um, oh. Season ticket holder, lover of the of, of of the Lions. Tell me, G, are you renewing your season <laughs> ticket? And and 
What's success for you this year? Um, I am renewing my season ticket and there's zero chance of success for us this year. So, wow. We could keep it short and like that. But Gigi, <laughs> based on where you are, top of the bottom half, whoop, whoop. Yeah. What is the best outcome you'd expect? We're, we're beyond success, Marv. I'm being, I'm being serious. <laughs> that, that's just not, it's just not going to happen. There's no success. Even when, I, I, I know in Pochettino's mind, you know, getting to the Carabao Cup final was success. Even winning the Carabao Cup is not success. Bear, Are you winning bear, that, based on what, Are you winning that? No, nah, we're not winning that. Of course we're not winning that. Come on, let's not oh, They just had a 4-1 last week. What? Oh, what a difference a couple of weeks made. You remember when he was watching them play Middlesbrough on the pod and he was yeah. like, I'm going to be so shameless when we get to the final. And we no, no, no. Out. I, I, said, I, said, I said, if if we win, that's a massive <laughs> if. <laughs> and I've seen us got battered by them. Why would I think it would be any different? So no, there, there, there is no success this season would be Todd Bowley leaving. Oh, well, hold on. We'll come, we'll come on to that a little bit more. But gee, last question on this day. Is this the worst Chelsea team you've ever seen? No. But it's not far off. There's been, some, there's, been some, there's been some bad teams, Chelsea teams. So, but it's so, not far G, off. G, can I ask you? So, are you saying you want Bowley to go before Poch? Who oh, needs yeah. to go first? Yeah, it, it's the the, the, pro, the problems are definitely upstairs. But bear in mind, I mean, they appointed Poch, so it's a part of it. But I'm not. I'm just not going for this idea that everything would be fine if we had different owners. Like Poch is is almost just as culpable as everyone else. He's messing it up. He doesn't. Right. He plays four centre-backs every week and leaves four backs on the bench. He doesn't know who his best goalkeeper is. He plays left-backs left at left wing. He's, he's culpable just as, much as, just as much as anyone else, but the guys who appointed them take higher responsibility. But he's still a good coach, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It needs, to be, it, needs to be, it needs to be explained. G used to tell me, when I used to moan about Poch, G used to tell me he's a good coach, looking at me as though as though I'm an ungrateful Spurs fan. Look at you Spurs fans. You're so ungrateful. You've got the best manager in a generation. And look, look how you're talking about him. Now you've got him at your club. And what are you saying, G? He's still a good coach, yeah? I, I, sometimes you just got to eat some humble pie. <laughs> in fairness, come on. He took Southampton from, from oh, one place to another. Listen, listen. I've been... And then Spurs were like mid-table and he took them to Champions League. So, but clearly that was just all like luck and circumstance because he hasn't got much ability. You know what's funny about that? Oh, he says, sometimes you got to eat humble pie. I think it's the only time I've seen him eat this humble pie that he's speaking. All right, we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, we talked a little bit more about, about, sorry, we talked a little bit about Jurgen Klopp last year, uh, last pod leaving and this being his final year and it got us thinking, there's a lot going on in the Prem. And if we could choose our top three entities to also have their final year in the Prem, who would it be? So that could be an owner, it could be a manager, it can be a player. Gee, I'm going to start with you. Give us give us your first one of who you'd like to see the back of at the end of the season. Well, I kind of alluded to it in the last question. So, But if I take those out, um, I think in terms of manager, it's got to be Hodgson. Um, I just think, like, apart from new manager bounce, I don't see that he's really offering anything progressive to, to the game anymore. And it's getting to the point, the Palace fans don't seem to have turned on him, but they're turning on the board almost for a point in him and talking about no vision, no structure and all that type of thing. And I'm thinking, well, 
what is the vision and what is the structure that you're looking for? You're looking <laughs> for a different manager. So I think it's, I, I don't want his, I think he's got a good reputation with the Palace fans. I don't want that to get to a point where it becomes sour. So I think end of the season for Hodgson, it's time for him to move on. It's funny because I had Hodgson as well. And I had it just from a, you're old, just enjoy life. Like you don't have to be working <laughs> all the time, right? Well, you, you say that and then you look at Neil Warnock. Yeah, he must, oh, he must oh. hate his house. Neil Warnock must hate it. He's not, he's not only got back into football. Sorry to sidetrack it. He's not only got back into football. The guy's taken a job in Aberdeen. He lives in Cornwall. The, the funny thing is, even when he did the presser, when he was like, I said to my wife, Sharon, and she was like, Aberdeen, we're like, we know, we know, do you know what I mean? Like, that's not a commute job, do you know what I mean? Like, like let's be clear, because I'm saying Hodgson, I'm not, not, I'm not excluding Warnock. Like, I, I've got him right alongside him, but he wasn't in the job when I thought about it, right? And I think... Especially with Palace, there's a bit of young talent there with uh, Elise and Eze. And I'm just thinking, Roy, just just chill out, man. This is a, it's a young man's game. You've done your bit. You've earned your stripes. Just just, just, just enjoy the rest of your life. Oh, did you have uh, Roy or did you have someone else? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, um, I don't know why you lot are being so nice. Are looking at other clubs. I was just going straight for your clubs, all your clubs. And looking, <laughs> sorry, are we doing well, are we doing three here or just what are we doing? Are we doing three? Well, no. If, if or you one? haven't got Roy, give us, give us your first one. If you I'll give you your first one. I'll give you your first yeah. one. So the first one, seeing as we were on the Chelsea thing, because everything everything I'm going to try and turn around to the conversation about Chelsea. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm going, my first one is, I think, I think Cole Palmer, yeah, he's made his point. He made his point. He went out of City, he left City, yeah, thinking, you're not going to give me a chance, Pep. I'm going to go and I'm going to go to Chelsea and I'm going to show what I can do. And I have to admit, I hold my hands up. I didn't think, I thought it was a terrible move for him. He's gone there and he's made a name for himself, but he needs to leave Chelsea now. He needs to go back to City. He needs to go and speak to Pep and say, you know what, Pep? I'm wasting my time at Chelsea. Take me back. Yeah, I've shown you what I can do. Take me back. Get out of Chelsea because he's wasting his time. Wow. So hold, well, hold I mean, on, hold on, hold on. He's on an eight-year deal. Well, that's oh, I'm confused. Happen. We yeah, said. just let him go. Just let him go. Oh. This is it. Oh. This is it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is this. Let me clear, right? This is like this isn't. It doesn't matter. He's on an eight-year deal. This is kind of in my mind. Yeah, if this was possible, if someone could walk off into the sunset and say, "Thank you very much. I'm moving to another club," then Palmer Palmer needs to leave Chelsea. He's wasting no, but, his time. Oh, oh, this this was last season in the Prem, not last season at the club they're at. Because that just opened... What do you mean, the, last, the... Last, last, season, last season in the Prem? What do you mean? Yeah, because Klopp, Klopp's going, right? He's leaving the Prem. Me and GSA, we want Hodgson out of the Prem. I just feel yeah, like yeah, you've, yeah, you've, yeah. Got, you've, you've got a no, no, no. target on Chelsea no, no, no. so no, no, hard. No, no, no. Straight no, no, no. agenda. No, no, no. You, <laughs> see, you, you, you've, take, you've, you've, you've made up your own thing here. You've made up your own thing. He has to go <laughs> no, to the Prem. You've made up I, your just, I just said to you, I said to you, who else should, who else should leave their club at the end of the season? It's a straight result. It's... Okay, who, fine, fine. who leaves their club fine. at the end of the season? So fine. Who, for me, G, for me, it's, for me, it's Cole Palmer. Leave Chelsea. All right, you know what? Oh, let's stay with you. Give me a second one. Second one. This will hurt you, Marv. Maynou needs to leave Man United. <laughs> <laughs> and Marv needs to leave the pod. <laughs> 
See, I told oh, you. Malfoy's going to get away with it. See, I told you. I'm going to bring the beef. No, I'm no. saying, I'm you're saying, not, I'm saying. No, I'm you're, saying. Not, you're not bringing the beef. You're, bring, you're not bringing the beef. You're just being ridiculous. I'm, you know what? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not. I, where's, where's he, where's I, he going? Where's he, I, I don't just even want to justify. I don't want you to justify <laughs> such an outlandish comment, Ollie. This is, a, this is an 18 year old player. He's wasting his time. The biggest, the biggest club. We would build the team around this guy. You're saying he should leave. Leave a go where? Spurs? Get out of here, man. You know what? I never mentioned Spurs. I never mentioned Spurs. You know what? I never mentioned Spurs. You've done yourself such a disservice. I don't even want your number three. G, give me your number three. (laughs) (laughs) What a ridiculous comment. That's like saying Messi should leave Barcelona in his heyday. Like, it's just ridiculous. Sorry, sorry. It's ridiculous. Hold on, hold on. Leaving Barcelona, who were a good team in his heyday. You're not a good team, Marv. You're rubbish. Oh, let me tell What's you. He, we're we're rubbish and we're six points behind you. I'm not saying... Sorry, is that is that your level now? Spurs, is that your level? No, but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, you're being wow. very knee-jerk. You're being very knee-jerk. Being you're being nerdy. very disrespectful. You've, you've named two <laughs> young talents. How old's Cole Palmer, I, I, by the way? Let me tell you. How old, how old is Cole Palmer? 2021 is he? 21, I think. Yeah, he's 21. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Anyway, oh, how, you know how, what? How, how old was Rooney when you signed him from Everton? 17, 18. Right there, you go. So when back in the day, right, he scored one goal, big goal against Arsenal, and everyone was talking about him, and you whipped in there quickly. Whoa, now, the, now, the, now the, hold on, let me finish, Marv. Now the tables have turned. You're the rubbish club, right? You're the club who aren't that good, and you're the one. You're the club, yeah, that everyone should be praying on, saying. Man United is not the club for you, son. You need to come here. Go somewhere else. It doesn't matter whether it's Spurs or whoever. It's like someone should come in and take him because he's wasted his time at Man United because you're going nowhere. Let me tell you something. There are own, there is not a lot of clubs in the Prem bigger than Man United, That's right? That could be many could be. That's got nothing to do with it. Oh, let me let me tell you. Um, I can't lie to you. We've been doing this for five weeks. I am so livid. If you could see, <laughs> if you could put my camera on heat cam, it would be red. My favorite player at Man United this season, right? And like I'm thinking, I might get 37 on my shirt. I haven't got, a sh- I got a shirt number since Paul Lintz in '94. And you're telling me a player that I want to see as captain that we should build has em- all the att- attributes. And the United conveyor belt has been appalling. The first good sign. And you're coming to my door, Ollie, and saying he should go. Like he's got bout this, this countless bigger, more successful clubs. It it'd is a ridiculous state, Ollie. It it's fun, not about be, fun, Ollie. It'd We're be not funny if someone funny did now. a Rooney on you, you got though, past, wouldn't it? You got, you, you got, you got, you got past funny. Gee, give me your number three. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So my number three actually is with my club, and that's um, that's Thiago Silva. I think it's likely that he was gonna he was gonna leave, and I don't want it. And unlike where Roy's time is done. I just don't want Thiago's name to kind of go down with with the rubbish that's happening at, at, at my team. Over the weekend, like he he looked pretty bad. He got he got battered quite bad, and I think it's because we we lack a tactical structure and motivation from the players around him. And and obviously he's thirty nine as well, so he can't do what he used to be able to do. So I want Thiago Silva to go out, um, you know, um, with his head held high and not dragged down with the mess that we are. Does he does he ever say in it, G? Because I've I've got a feeling he doesn't make the decisions in his household. Oh, 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 oh! He definitely makes the decisions. But you know, his his you know his his wife is his second in command, as 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 they should be. And 
and she comes up and she and she speaks the truth. And I've got no problem with that. Um, ninety percent of Chelsea fans have got no problem with that. Bell Silver can speak, and let, let us speak. If which camera am I on? Bell Silver, thank you for saying what you said. We want to appreciate it. You know what's hilarious about that? Oh, he goes, which camera am I on? Like, he's got this multitude of cameras set up at his house. You know what I mean? He's got six cameras. I love it. Oh, oh, give me, give yes. me a third one and make it brief because you've made an enemy out of me today. I can't lie to you. Um, my third one is, as I said to you, I'm, I'm kind of I'm in, in memory of Jord, who's not with us. Uh, I would say, and this is actually quite a fair one. I think um, Aaron, Aaron Ramsdale needs to leave Arsenal. Um, uh, I think he's been treated appallingly by Arteta, um, who gave it all the big talk about I've got two great keepers now, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be playing in both. He had no intention of playing in both. His in his mind, it was always about David Raya. I don't know why Arteta just, just didn't come out and say from the outset, "He's my number one now. I've signed him to be my number one." He's gone in there. Oh, he's sorry, Raya's come in, and he's basically taken over Ramsdale's place. And that is a fair enough if you think that you, he's going to be your number one, but just come out and say it. I think he's treated the guy with serious disrespect and Ramsdale has to leave Arsenal at the end of the season. So yeah, for, for me, I think he he's well, well within his rights to say, you know, I don't see a future for myself here. I need to go. Fair. All right. We had, we've had your three, haven't we, G? G, yeah. give us a recap. Who's your three? So... Silver, Silver, Hodgson, and, and, and Bowley. Bowley, Bowley slash Potch. Both of them. Bo- yeah, Bowley slash Potch. Oh, I'm not going to recap yours because it's, <laughs> it's disgusting. Um, the, 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 two, the two, obviously, the two that um, you did mention that I had on my list, a bit more realistic in Man United, are uh, Anthony, please, someone in Saudi, come and take you, man. Like, uh, <laughs> A professional footballer <clears throat> with one leg. Yeah, I mean, you might as well be a pirate at this rate. So uh, I'll go. I'll go for. I'll go for Anthony. And then the Glazers, like uh, the, the the uneducated, like some of my uh, some of my co-hosts today will say, "Oh, but they spend the most money. They spend the most money." You ever been to Old Trafford? Like I've been to Old Trafford. I've been I've been rained on, even though I was undercover. They are investing in players where they need to, but the infrastructure of the club is in sharp decline. I would love to see the back of the Glazers. I was devastated we weren't getting some of that oil money. Right, I wanted to be the new Man City with that oil money, but it didn't happen. So, so that's my three: Hodgson, Anthony, and the Glazers. So, thanks for that. Apart from Oli, ridiculous as I said earlier. Um, let's move on to the big topic of the day in motorsport. Let's start with the biggest bombshell, and that's Lewis Hamilton's announcement that he is moving from Mercedes to Ferrari. And we are joined by Lewis McGlade. Uh, lead commentator of GB3 and Formula One sports enthusiast, Lewis. Let's talk about Lewis. Uh, is this something that was always coming? I mean, it's a really interesting one. I know there've been like loads of discussions behind the scenes. Uh, you know, there, there, there was a meeting between uh, Hamilton and Ferrari back in what 2020, and I'm sure there have been various ones even before that. So I think a lot of people will point at it and be like, "Oh, this is this is definitely always going to happen." I had a conversation with a few mates not like a week ago where we said Hamilton's definitely going to finish his career at Mercedes. He's definitely going to finish his career at Mercedes. Suddenly this comes out and uh, honestly, I'm baffled by it. I'm speechless. It's, uh, it's, it's one of the biggest moves I've ever seen in Formula One. It's weird because we were speculating about if we put this into football terms, what's the comparison? And, you know, obviously some people think their teams are bigger than they, than they are. But this is like a Liverpool player moving to Manchester United at the peak of their career, right? It, it, it's that big. And I guess the question I have, I mean, I 
I think, to be blunt, I fell out of love with Formula One and shows like Drive to Survive pulled me back. And I know that brought back a huge audience or some new viewership altogether. But in terms of Lewis Hamilton, it's fair to say he's probably the biggest driver in the sport. What do we think the motivations are behind his moves? Well, I mean, the the obvious one is he wants to fight for a world championship again, right? And and um, the the car that he's had in in Mercedes, it hasn't been good enough to really fight for a world championship. Um, and to be fair, neither has the Ferrari, considering how strong the um, the Red Bull's been. But when you compare the last couple of years with this, you know, the the, the fairly new regulations that have moved in twenty twenty two to these new cars, um, the the Ferrari has been a better car the last two seasons than the Mercedes. Yes, they didn't. Um, beat Mercedes in the championship last season. That was mostly courtesy of uh, Ferrari strategy, to be perfectly honest. But, you know, H- Hamilton moving over there, I think it is with that eye um, of, of, of going for the world championship again. Also, do remember the regulation changes in 2026 again. Um, and the last time, you know, when we had those major regs overhauled back in, in 2014, well, Hamilton moved to Mercedes in 2013, not for the 2013 season, but for the 2014 and beyond, I kind of wonder if maybe that's a little bit of the preparation. If you know, he's kind of heard some things behind the scenes or knows some things, he, he's not an idiot. He knows exactly what's going on behind the scenes of you know, Mercedes, of Ferrari. I'm sure he's well aware as to what's happening with Red Bull as well and all that kind of stuff. Like, it, it, nothing shocks him. It's interesting you should say that because my immediate reaction is he just thinks the Mercedes car can't cut it. So he's cutting his losses and going somewhere where he thinks he can win. He's, I think this is two seasons in a row where he hasn't won a race, right? He's, 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 he's done a few podiums, but he hasn't won a race. Gee, let me come to you. What what did you, what was your first thoughts when you heard the news? Yeah, I, I, I was very surprised. Um, didn't see it coming at all. I think like most people, and I'm more of a casual um, F1 observer, but most people, you know, we thought Lewis was um, going to stay there forever. And, you know, he'd always kind of said that as well. So I, I was surprised by it. But then, I know Lewis is a competitor, but I think last year he didn't quite look himself. And, um, you but know, that, I he think... just bounced it up and down as the car porpoised along the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty, pretty much. But, but generally, like even in the post, you know, the post race and the pre race, he just did it. It looked like he lost a little bit of energy. So maybe this actually would be good for him. Lewis, I was going to ask you, though, because a lot of times, um, there's an accusation for that Lewis that he's only won when he's had the best car, which I think is a little bit unfair. Um, but if he was to win a world championship with Ferrari and now their car seems to be on the up, do you think that would help or kind of hinder that kind of perception or, you know, from the, I guess, the Lewis haters? Uh, I mean, I think it definitely helps in the sense of, um, you know, for, well, for quite a lot of reasons. Number one is winning in a different car. That's always to, to win world championships for multiple teams is really, really rare. Um, so the fact that he would, you know, if he were to win it for Ferrari, he would have won for three different teams. That's really rare. So um, that's a that's a big talking point. Fair enough. But also the other one is he he would have won with two different engines, which is actually kind of more of a bigger deal in a sense because the the way the Mercedes, especially this era, you know, the way the Mercedes power unit works in conjunction with like you know in comparison rather with the Ferrari uh, power unit, completely different powertrains with how they deliver it and and all that kind of stuff and all the all the tech which is so complicated behind the scenes and how they work it. So you know, in my opinion, it would kind of nullify it. But then I think a lot of those people kind of don't really realize the history <coughs> of Lewis Hamilton and the sport. You know, consider it. Uh, obviously, we were kind of speaking before about how. Um, his, his first season in 2007 was against Alonso uh, and they finished on exactly the same points but he won on, on a countback uh, of, of, of wins and such 
Um, the only driver that's ever beaten him really as a teammate has been Rosberg and Button. Um, obviously, Rosberg won the championship in 16, so fair enough. But he's just so brutally consistent. He hasn't always had the best car. 2009 is a great example because that car was terrible for most of the season. But he's still got a couple of race wins in it because he just manages to, to push his way back to the front and I think understands how to help develop a car. And Lewis, just on that note, you talked about the regs change. I don't suppose you can give our listeners some insight in terms of what that will do, what that will mean. Because cards on the table, I thought the last, you know, set of changes were going to make things more competitive, but it allowed Red Bull to pretty much smoke cigars to the finish line for the majority of it. What, what did the, what did the latest set of reg changes mean? And how do you think that will impact the sport? Well, there's always, um, you know, uh, subtle things with error that change. I mean, sometimes when your regs change, it is, uh, for the most part, it's more aero related, which is what the 2022 regs did. It was it was a massive overhaul of uh, how the aero worked, whereas the engine was still basically the same as it was from the 2014 regs. This is a bit more of a larger sweep towards the engine side of things. There are there are certain things um, that are being switched on that side, particularly with how the energy recovery works, because they're getting rid of. I can't remember exactly which part it is, because it's all like the MGUK and MGUH and all that stuff. It's all very confusing and a lot of letters and a lot of numbers. And I don't understand it that much. <laughs> Um, but it's it's to do with how parts of the engine are, are, are recovering some of that energy that we're changing some bits of that. I believe it's still you know we're still remaining with the 1.6 liter V6 um, that we've been using since 2014. But it's the overhanging of stuff around that which is different. Now when these things change, that can be a, a huge advantage to to teams that kind of get ahead of it. If you look at all of the major switches in regulations over the last well decades you'll see as soon as we go through a regulation change someone dominates you know 2009 <laughs> braun dominated 2014 mercedes dominated 2022 red bull dominated and the fear is is that 26 someone might dominate maybe it'll be ferrari maybe, maybe it'll be red bull maybe it'll be mercedes oh that would be funny oh mm. let me come to you now um and we've got G's reaction. Tell me what you think this move does for the sport. And does that make you more interested for the for the season after next or or, or less interested? Um, well, yeah, I think it kind of... It, Formula One needed some sort of shake-up. There needed to be something happening because um, it was getting a bit samey and Verstappen is kind of miles ahead and Red Bull are miles ahead of everyone else. So we needed something to, to look ahead to, really. And... Um, and um, boy, did we get it, you know, with this with this move by 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 Lewis. But um, but yeah, I I I definitely think that um, that uh, I think that Lewis has got kind of form when it comes to jumping off at the right time to go somewhere <laughs> else where he thinks he's going to get a better chance of winning titles. Um, you know, I remember when he went to Mercedes, there were a lot of people raising eyebrows, thinking, "What's he going there for?" And then look what happened. He he's won six of his world titles with Mercedes. So he he obviously knew something. As as Lewis said, you know, Hamilton would have a good idea of what's going on and who's going to be the, the you know the constructors who are going to be able to keep him competitive. But my my interest really, and this is one for you, Lewis, is just um, asking you kind of. Lewis hasn't got a great. Um, he, he he doesn't. He, he's not. He's not well loved in Italy, is he? He's not. You know because. No. It, that, him and Felipe Massa had a massive kind of beef, didn't they? Uh, I think it was 2008, right? So, you know, I remember I remember going to Italy once and talking to people about Lewis Hamilton and they could not stand the guy. So it's kind of, it's one thing for him to go to Ferrari, but another thing for him to be someone who's going to 
who's going to be taken to the hearts of Italian race fans and, and Ferrari fans, because this is a guy that they really don't like. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I think he's as popular in Italy as he would be in the Netherlands at the moment. You know, um, you're absolutely right. I mean, <laughs> he's had some 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 quite large battles with Ferraris and uh, they are well aware of that. And I, I don't I, I agree with you. I think they don't like this. There's actually one thing that me and a, a few friends had spoken about a few times is, yeah, from a, from a, a move of popularity, this is it's a very interesting one um, because everyone's sort of like, okay, what if he wins the Italian Grand Prix? How, how did they respond? Because they all love seeing a Ferrari win, but Lewis Hamilton's been an enemy for them for, let's be honest, a long time since two thousand and seven when he joined Formula One. So um, seeing that, it's it's a really weird one. But do you know what? Uh, we were speaking about this beforehand as well. I wasn't a Lewis. I, I was a Lewis Hamilton fan when he came into Formula One, and then I wasn't for a very long time. Um, I just kind of went off him while he was dominating, and I just didn't didn't like what was happening. Fair enough. It's kind of a bit boring watching one person win all the time. Ha <laughs> ha, Max. Um, but you know, <laughs> since since he you know matured a little bit and got into the later years and stuff, I started really enjoying watching Lewis Hamilton drive, and I kind of wonder if maybe the Ferrari fans might start turning onto that as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean. A bit like Lewis, oh, they just might want to just win. You know, they, they, they've been rumoured to have at least the second best car for a couple of years and they, they've still been miles off max. So maybe they just want, maybe they'll take anyone as long as that person can get them over the finishing line, even <laughs> one of their arch enemies, right? And actually that brings me nicely onto my next point. Lewis, what do we think about the impact that will have on Leclerc? Now, obviously he signed his contract was up anyway, so he'll be looking for his seat for a seat. I think there's been lots of cha- of driver extensions, but it, Leclerc. I think one of the, the the allures of Ferrari beyond you know the beautiful cars, the beautiful color, was him being the number one driver. Do we think this unsettles him a little bit? Because I don't think Lewis is going there to be number two, right? Yeah, no, like I don't know how they're going to play it with who's number one in there. Maybe it'll be you know Lewis. Uh, or it'll be there on equal setting. Let's be honest, Charles is not going to be number one over over Lewis. Um, I don't know how it's going to kind of play with Charles because I think he needs to step it up a little bit, not in the sense of speed, because no one doubts Leclerc's speed. He is one of the fastest drivers on the grid, uh, and it's why he's won so many races. But go back to 2022, and whether it was himself or Ferrari or whatever, they couldn't help but throw points away. Um, which was you know, it happened every weekend. Basically, they were you know it was, it was ten points here because of a bad pit stop, or you know in France Charles threw it into the wall and uh, there was twenty five points gone. He needs to stop making those mistakes. And do you know what? The pressure of having a, a teammate like Lewis might just be the turning point. It might be the thing that, that makes him crack completely, but it might just be the things that that, that pieces himself together and then he becomes a better driver than he's ever been. Do you know what? It's funny, right? Because I know some of my friends are going to be listening to this and I need to be clear. I don't rate Leclerc. I never have. No, I I actually don't think he's got the mentality of the Verstappens, of the Hamiltons of this world. Like even listening to him on the radio when signs was slow, guys, he's got to let me pass. Like I need to get fast. He's not, he's not that guys, I'm going to take him. It's like, please get, 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 get his permission. He's not, I don't think he's got that raw racer spirit, and I think it could be his downfall. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not buying it, him getting better. But let's just talk about Mercedes because obviously I think Toto's contract's up in 2026. A lot of people might blame Toto because uh, I think 
Red Bull's success was down to a lot of engineers leaving Mercedes and going to Red Bull, right? And I think one of the things that, you know, just listening to him speak about the Hamilton exit, I think he's coming to rue the short-term nature of the contract. I think they gave him a one plus one. I don't know if the details have been released on Ferraris, but I suspect it's at least a two-year deal. Um, do we think that this could be the end of the great Mercedes as we know it? Or do you think the right, the right new driver can galvanise them again? And who's that? Who should that new driver be? It's it's really interesting. Everyone kind of is leaning towards this Kimi Antonelli kid who's in uh, Formula Two next season. So maybe he'll be the one to take over. But he's a bit too young to jump into that seat. Obviously, when Lewis Hamilton leaves in in you know, for twenty twenty five, so I don't think it'll be him. So maybe they need to get like someone else in. But who is that person? Is it Alex Albon? Is it uh, Alonso? Is it Science? I don't see it being Science. It can't be Lando Norris because he's already with a with a car. It's it's that's that side of things is crazy. I've maybe said might might be Oscar Piastri who knows um but as to the point as to whether is this the 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 downfall really of Mercedes that we've kind of been seeing for the last couple of years and maybe this is the final nail in the coffin I I I can kind of see it from both sides of like yes maybe maybe this is them finally stepping back but um but you know what no I think they've got so many resources with with how they have been in Formula even if they got rid of yeah you got rid of Toto even if Toto left and then they got someone else in or whatever I think Mercedes are a big enough team and are a staple of Formula One that they are big enough to push themselves forward and uh and and bring a title back they just need that right fit maybe it's even George but even then I'm not fully convinced it's interesting because I know Antonelli went straight past Formula Three into Formula Two, right? He's the he's the up and comer. The thing that baffles me is Albon, right? Like you know, we just talked about Leclerc and pressure. Albon went to Red Bull and had an absolute shocker. Fair play to him. What he's done in a Williams car, which is below average, is is pretty stellar. <laughs> but I'm surprised he's the name that everyone keeps mentioning. I mean, it would be great. I think him and Russell go way back, so it'd be great to have those two racing together. But I'm surprised he's so high up on the, on the list of potential candidates. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. I think he's turned his career around a little bit. I think he was thrown into that Red Bull far too quickly that yeah, it put the fair. pressure on. So, you know, I, I, I think he's turned it around a fair amount that maybe if he's given that opportunity again, maybe he can really show what he's capable of because he's a quality driver. He's really, yeah. really fast. People just don't see it so much. Well, we'll have to see. I don't know how I feel about this season because it's just like lame duck syndrome. Like Mercedes are going to make... <laughs> Russell, their number one. Lewis isn't going to get the love that he probably would have. So we'll have to see how this season pans out. But Lewis, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you for coming on the pod and enlightening us a bit. No worries. It's uh, been a pleasure. Right. Thanks so much. So moving on, let's talk about this week. It is Super Bowl week. On Sunday, we will have the uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, San Francisco 49ers will be playing on pa- playing against Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. And I wanted to talk about it. So if you're if you're not a if you're not an NFL fan, don't log off because we need to talk about this a little bit more. Um, and we're trying to get to the root of is it taking off in the UK, and what does this mean in terms of the Super Bowl, and what can we look forward to? Gee, let's start with you a little bit because I remember I was dying to get you into NFL. You couldn't stand it. You couldn't stand it. Now you're a big convert. What's what? How did you? What got you into it? Was the final thing to, apart from Chelsea's terrible form? What made you move <laughs> over and get involved into into NFL? Well, you know what? Now, maybe I tell the story of how you originally tried to get me into it, and it might give some context as to why I fell out. So Marv told me that the best way for me to learn NFL was to play Madden, 
The only thing is, is he his instruction to teach me how to play Madden was to beat me at it every single time. So he, <laughs> I think there was one time where where you ripped me about it so much. It was like the middle of the night. And like, I was like, F it, I'm coming to yours now. I'm going to beat you this time. And I came to your house, woke your mum up in the middle of the night. I was still went home with a tail between my legs because I'm lost. I'm lost. So uh, after that, it kind of, but in all seriousness, what kind of put me off was kind of like the, it, it felt very stop start for me. Um, four hours just seems like a long time to kind of keep my concentration. And it's very complex in the rules. Like I've been watching for like four years now, four or five years. And I still don't feel like I know every rule. On top of that, like the players, um, they all wear helmets. I know this seems like quite a, a silly thing, but it's hard to kind of relate to people. Like if you're in that, um, if you're in the NFL, I think even a lot of um, people in the US probably couldn't name all of their team like by the face because most of the time they're wearing the helmets. So you have to have like a really big character to kind of, you know, get some TV time or to kind of, you know, just be seen in other places aside from on the pitch. So I think in that sense, you know, a lot of times people relate to sport because of the personalities. And I think it's a little bit harder to connect to it compared to like, you know, football or tennis where you can see the person. So I would say those are the things that kind of helped help me back initially from um, connecting with the sport. Uh, thanks for that. Oh, where where are you at, at, at about NFL? Are you into it? Are you on the periphery? Obviously, you got Spurs selling their souls and do whatever they can to get some of that <laughs> NFL money. But as as... <laughs> As as a as a as a big football fan, as as NFL turned your your head a little bit. No, um, but that doesn't mean that it's because I don't like it or I wouldn't give it a chance. I kind of, you know, I I I, I kind of think the spectacle is is quite engaging, and um, I just can't I just can't invest my time really in it um, for a number of reasons. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, the actual, and one of the other things is pretty much what G was saying. It seems impenetrable in terms of the number of rules. And um, there's a lot that I've kind of can't get my head around really when I'm watching it. Because normally with sports, you know, you think about the Olympics, for instance, and you'll kind of watch sports. You never really normally uh, give a, give a moment of your time. And you'll kind of get into them and you'll kind of, you'll kind of work out the rules and it will, sort of all become clear to you. But with NFL, I don't find that. I find that I'm watching it and I'm kind of struggling to quite understand what's going on. It's There's a lot of technicalities in it, a bit. And it's one of my problems with rugby as well. I feel like that. I feel the same about rugby, really, that it's kind of, it's over-technical in that respect. So I don't, I find it difficult to, to really warm to it um, as a sport because of that. But at the same time, the actual, you know, the, the razzmatazz and the the occasion and um, some of the way the way that I've seen the Spurs Stadium set up for the uh, for the NFL games been really impressive actually. So yeah, you know, there's, there's all of that, and I think <clears throat> if I had, if I did, if I could devote more time to it, then maybe yeah, I would get involved. But the idea of getting involved in a sport and staying up late on a Sunday night and even with highlights, I know you've sp- spoke to me a few times, Marv, about, yeah, watch the highlights, but you can't really get into the bones of a sport by watching highlights. You can watch a certain, you can get a certain amount of information from that, but you really need to see live games to really understand what's going on. And 
as you know, the whole narrative of a game over a live game never really comes across when you when you watch the highlights, you know. But I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not anti. I think you think I'm anti NFL. I'm not anti NFL at all. I'm just. I just. It's just another sport to invest time in, which I don't really feel like I've got the time to invest in it. Nice. No, it's, it's cool. It's not it's like Spurs is lifting lots of trophies. You know, you got you to you dedicate all the time for that, right? Um, so, just I mean, let me just give you a few numbers, though, right? So, two thirds of the of the US public will be watching the Super Bowl on Sunday, right? In I think of the top hundred shows that were broadcast in the US uh, last year, seventy of them were NFL games. It's a huge sport there. It's four million people watched it in the UK, the Super Bowl last year. So it's it, it's growing, growing exponentially over here as well. And just talking about the Super Bowl a little bit, G, tell me about you know the Forty ers and and the Chiefs. Who 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 do you like for that? Well, you know what, the Forty ers are actually the favourites, but um, which is surprising to me because I just don't think you can ever bet against Mahomes. I know the Chiefs haven't had their best year but you know we always try to compare things to football it's a little bit like Man City last year where they just picked up form at exactly the right time they've been clinical um all of their weapons um so like Kelsey is coming to good form now and some people say they've got Taylor Swift in their corner as well so that kind of helps <laughs> so all, all in all I can't I, I, I would just never bet against the Chiefs so I, I, I'm definitely going for the Chiefs this year and for Mahomes to start really kind of putting some pressure on that GOAT status that Brady has. I mean, gee, I can't believe you think he's going to get near it. He's got two rings. Brady's got six. Like, there's a, there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot of rings for him to get. But well, I think got... he's got years. Oh, that's fair. He's that's got, fair. got years. And I thought if you track it by, by where Brady was at his age, he's ahead of Brady. But let's let's talk about Mahomes a little bit because I, I did a bit of research. I think one of the things to to call out is obviously uh, this year we had fourteen quarterbacks who were African American or, or non-white, right? Which is really huge considering in the NFL um, you weren't allowed to be a black quarterback um, before nineteen forty-six, and we've seen a great sort of explosion of of talent and we talk about dual threat triple threat quarterback um do you think now that we're going to see more and more black quarterbacks sort of coming into the sport and dominating yeah i i think well the, the whole thing was that was leveled that kind of the black quarterbacks historically was um you know the kind of physicality of over brains but obviously that is that's a myth that has been dispelled and actually, actually, what you're finding is the black quarterbacks who do come in have a great combination of physicality and brains. And I think that is where the game seems to be moving. Um, people who just kind of sta- stay there and stand in the pocket, are, you know, um, are you know aren't the quarterbacks that teams are desiring now. So you're seeing the Lamar, and even to a certain extent, extent the Justin Fields, um, you know, hasn't really t- gone well for him. But when I've seen him play well he you know he does look effective so I, I think over time we, you will see um an increase in in the black quarterbacks and I think they'll dominate last year it was Jalen Hurts versus Mahomes I think that was the first um black quarterback versus black quarterback in the Super Bowl if I remember correctly 
And it's a long way from the times of like when Michael Vick was first coming in. And, you know, he said he didn't even expect to be able to be a quarterback because he'd just never seen the frame of reference for it kind of before. So, yeah, I think it's definitely improving. Um, a lot of other areas it can improve as well. The coaching, despite the Rooney rule, the coaching um, ratio is shocking in the NFL as well. Pretty similar to the to the Prem. So there's a long way to go. But the, the black quarterbacks are definitely representing. Thanks for that, G. And for those of you that don't know much about the sport, uh, the 49ers, five championships. One of the things that's really interesting, but they haven't won since 1994. One of the interesting things are in the NFL, you do a draft where you draft quarterbacks from college. And the last pick of the draft is known as Mr. Irrelevant. So that's the person, I think it's like 294th pick, the person that probably won't make it. The really interesting narrative in this Super Bowl is Mr. Irrelevant is actually the starting quarterback for the 49ers, uh, Purdy. So that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. And as G said, Mahomes is definitely going to be uh, trying to get his third ring. Um, last thing on this. Uh, gee, the Jaguars have been to London 11 times. Do we think now, based on, you know, 4 million people watching the Super Bowl in the UK, do you think we could ever see a, a UK franchise? No, I don't think. If I remember correctly, they tried that with like, the London Monarchs for a little while, right? And that didn't go anywhere. And I can't see that happening. What I can see is more regular season games coming over worldwide. I think the first game of the season for Philly this year is going to be actually be in Brazil, which is a, a big a big step. So I can see more regular season games happening, more more trips over to Tottenham, unfortunately, to, to watch NFL. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, but yeah, no, I, but I do think it's a, it's a predominantly US sport. The only team who you would think that it would be in their advantage to kind of come over to the to the UK would be the Jaguars, right? Because there isn't a big fan base in in Jacksonville. So I, I can see that they've been trying to generally speak, they send the Jaguars over every year to kind of build them up, but they're just not that good. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be difficult to kind of build a, like a you know a fan base or a legacy within them when they kind of lose every year. So no, I don't see that for the foreseeable future. I think that, um, I think we're miles away from that kind of thing ever happening. Um, and thanks for that, Jen. So, oh, will you be watching it? Uh, yeah, I'll give it a look. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I will have a look, actually. Would, it, would See, this be your first, though? Would this be your first if you watch I, it? No, I watched one before. I can't remember which one it was, but I did watch one before. But I didn't... I, when I say I watched it, I started watching it. I don't think I finished it. It's a long, old... It's a long stretch, isn't it? And especially, no, if, you, especially if you're kind of... You're, you're not 100% sure what's going on. So, um, yeah, it was... I didn't see it through. I have to admit. No, that's fair. That's it's fair. Usher on the halftime show, Ollie. If 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 that Usher, well, that's it, not doing it for me. Well, it's, it's funny you should say that because I got. I like Usher. Yeah, I do. I, I do. Yeah. But it's funny you should say that because I tried to get a couple of other mates into it, and the year that I selected for them to come and watch was the um the Justin Timberlake Janet Jackson Super Bowl show. So uh, <laughs> any of you that don't know about that, Google it. You'll you'll enjoy it. I promise you. Um, right. So um. On to our next section, our, our, our staple is just where we have the chance to review a documentary book, autobiography, and staying in line with the fact that it's Super Bowl weekend this weekend. We opted for the uh, Kelsey docufilm uh, following uh, a Super Bowl finalist, uh, Travis Kelsey, and his brother uh, from Philadelphia Eagles. Gee, what did you think? 
Yeah, I've, I think, you know, Jordan always likes to ask us about, like, production in terms of how we rate. And and most of the time, I'm like, oh, George, come on, who cares about production? But actually, this is that one time that I can see, and I, I have to say it, I think Americans just do docuseries better than, than we do over here. Because this, for me, if I compare it to what we've reviewed before, was the perfect blend of, like, a little bit of the family, a little bit of the sporting story, um, and a little bit of just the individual and their struggles and what they're going through. Um, the only thing I would say is with that, you don't really get super depth on either. And I guess if I was, I, I was thinking about it, like if I was an Eagles fan, how much would I enjoy it? I think Jason's really popular in, you know, amongst the Eagles fans. So people might enjoy it because of that and they get to see it. But do you get to find out much that an Eagles fan probably wouldn't know? And I would say probably not. Um, but but aside from that, I think it was well produced. I think it was a great way to tell the road to the Super Bowl story, but actually tell a little bit about um, about Jason's life and his relationship with his brother as well. So yeah, I was impressed by the doc. That, yeah, I guess the only thing that humbles me back by being absolutely amazed was maybe you would do it with someone who was a little bit more interesting. I think, say you did it with his brother, Travis, for instance, I think his life would be a lot better documented than than Jason's. But um, If that's because yeah, that, you're a Taylor Swift fan, G, you just wanted to see a bit more about it. I don't <laughs> we think you've even dated it. <laughs> oh, what did you think? Um, I, I, I don't know if you could say he wasn't interesting. I think it'd be a bit harsh there, G. I thought he was, you know, I thought he was good. I thought he was really interesting. And, and you had that kind of story within it about whether he was going to call it a day after that season. And obviously the fact that he's 35 and his body's creaking and he's finding it difficult to, 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 to kind of get through seasons now um, was, was, was quite interesting for me. I mean, you can't not like the guy, um, you know, not, I'm not just talking about the fact of the sporting angle of him putting his body on the line. I'm talking as a bad human being as well. It's obviously mm-hmm. a decent fella in there. And um, yeah, I kind of, I warmed to him and, you know, the, uh, at the end there, I mean, they, I, I got quite emotional for him as well, actually, because, um, you know, he, he obviously wanted to go out with a bang and, um, you know, it, it was, it was difficult for him to, to, to kind of contemplate that, that, that last kind of, uh, part of the, part of the film. But, um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was really well done. And, you know, to G's point about, um, the way the Americans do docuseries, I just think that Americans are more open to that side of the game, which is, you know, putting yourself out there, doing interviews, giving a bit to the media and playing the game. Whereas over here, I just feel, especially with footballers, not every sport, because, you know, I've interviewed people in different sports, athletes in different sports, who really do give something of themselves and talk well and are interested in doing interviews. But football's just, football seems to have just gone to this, 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 this point now where you just can't get anything out of players. Um, Managers may be a bit more so, but players are very difficult to get anything out of. And when you compare what that that documentary to like a Beckham documentary, where even stuff that we all know happened, they're not they're not prepared to really talk about it. Whereas at least Kelsey was prepared to talk about Travis 
getting you know getting done for you know uh, smoking weed and 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 you know what had the impact that had on the family and 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 his you know his early career and that kind of stuff was was really good I thought his wife was really interesting as well in kind of how it impacts on her life um and she was kind of there every step of the way with him but but yeah I really warmed to the guy I thought that he was interesting and it kind of just it gave you that sense of how much you do have to give up to to make it the, the the speech he gives the night before the Super Bowl, where he's kind of saying to these guys, you know, I've got so much respect for you because of we all know how much we had to give to get to where we are today. And, you know, I think that's the same for every sports person, really, isn't it? It's that thing of kind of, you know, a lot of us don't see the hard yards they have to put in and the the the, the kind of disappointments that they go through to get to the top of any particular sport. And I thought that came across really well. Yeah, I mean, I, I echo your, all of your sentiments. I, I really liked it. I think even with a bit of a puff piece, you know, to check out our podcast, which obviously did really yes. well off the back of it. <laughs> and the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it was fate that they managed to both reach the Super Bowl, but gave particularly those who don't know much about the outcome. It was, it was, it was a wonderful piece. And I, and I, I think part of what I really loved about it was the way they <laughs> featured the, the, the mum. And the mum sort of, you know, splitting her time across both boys. And even the fact that they were like, look, our mum and dad did not want to stay together. The sacrifices that they made to like just be present to take their kids to That's games. That's amazing stuff. sacrifice, good. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The dad was cheating for sure, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Gee, what would you give it out of five? We, we, we don't give halves, right? George's not go. here. You can give him a half, G. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd go, I'd go, I'd go three and a half. Yeah. Okay, Ollie. I'm with that think? actually. I'll give it three and a half. Yeah. 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 I'm with it as well. I mean, yeah. of the things that we've watched so far, it's probably the best I've watched. I, I didn't think I'd like it as much. And I thought they'd give us more Travis, but they focus mainly on Jason. But I, to Ol's point, I thought he was really interesting and just the toils of family and 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 actually. You know, uh, playing for Philadelphia Eagles was was really interesting. So can, you, can, you've can, heard it here. Can I just ask Marv as well? Is is the mother? I mean, are they from, are they a Philadelphia family? Are they from Philadelphia? No, I don't think they are. No, they're so, not. They're not from Cincinnati. I think. Yeah, right. Okay. But the, um, so was she? No, so, went, was she Cincinnati. so who was her Go. team? Was she was she an Eagles or was she a Kansas she, or was she? Just well, you saw it. Like she was she was wearing a jersey of them merged. And actually, what people who aren't close to it like she sometimes if. One of them is playing on Sunday afternoon and the other one's playing Monday. She private jet to make sure she can see both of her boys. She's that dedicated. Right. So I don't think she has like affiliation to either team. She just goes to where her boys are. And like, I feel like there was just something about it where they just, I think it wouldn't surprise if the parents sat down and said, our boys can make it here, but we've got to give everything. Like, we, like our world's got to be built around their world. And it was quite endearing. Okay. Thanks for that, gents. Three and a half uh, clicks for the Kelsey Doc. Yeah, you can find on Amazon Prime. Now, it's time for this. What you talking about, Willis? This is my favourite section of the show. <laughs> I can't laugh enough at this. Um, it's time, the, the Willis, uh, let me give you a little bit of build up here. We, we, there could have been about six or seven things we could have pulled out of Chelsea for the Willis this week, right? <laughs> but we had to, we had to stay with our Ukrainian friend, uh, Michaela Mudrik, who uh, received what I anticipate he receives every week, a bit of 
a bit of banter from a troll and instead of just ignoring or leaving it unread um, Mudrick decided to offer out that troll to a 1v1 was it a thousand or ten thousand pounds on 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 it and you know if that isn't a sign of total head loss in, in the Chelsea camp the fact that he's re- re- replied to troll I mean what if the troll said all right just tell me where can you imagine them down at Hackney Marshes one on one, like that would have been a great thing. But I think you know, fair play to Madrid. He doesn't want to be at Chelsea. Arsenal was his love. Arteta didn't want to stump up the cash for him. And look, based on form, that was probably the right decision. Particularly when you see how Trossard's doing. But to 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 come down to the level of a troll, offer them out, offer money. <laughs> it it reeks of somebody who's totally totally lost the plot. And he needs an arm round him. And if he was an Arsenal, he could have had Zinchenko. But now he's stuck with Conor Gallagher. So I don't know how that's going to go. So <laughs> the Willis of the week is Mudrick. Mate, just just ignore it, right? Just get your head down and play, right? Like, offering our 1v1s are, are going to make you go from 11th to 5th, mate. And I don't think it's going to improve your skill uh, taking some, some fat troll to the cleaner. So, so Mudrick, your Willis of the week this week. If, if only he could just... Like let him, you know, take forget about it and just play. He doesn't have a chance to do that, Marv. Does he? Oh, let me tell you, when it gets this bad, sometimes you just gotta deactivate the Insta and the Twitter, right? Like <laughs> go, like that that guy's probably got more followers. Say, look, Mudrick wants to battle me. Like, what should I do? It wouldn't surprise me if we he, he goes online and brags about it. It's it I, I hear what you're saying and I and I get there's a mental aspect that we've got to be sensitive here, but the best, the best reaction to a troll is just to ignore them or block them, right? Like this, he's not going to win any fans by yeah. by offering to. I mean, what if he did take it to the cleaners? Oh, what's G going to say? That's why he should start. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not going to do anything. So, so I don't for even, that reason, go. I, I don't even feel sorry for him because because he's a troll himself. I mean, he's lucky that we don't have we didn't have this this show going like last year because he he was in the gym and he was. Re- recording somebody and like they were showing a little bit of builder's bum when they were on the um <laughs> we're, we're on the, the, the rowing machine and he posted it on his insta and he was mocking them uh... and it was like so so he's a troll in himself and he and he's had another witness in terms of like when he first joined us i don't know if people heard about it but he was on instagram live like um rapping to like a little baby song i'm i'm read i'm informed that little baby is quite a good rapper but when he says the n-word part of the of the song as well like he's just he's like oh so gee are you are you co-signing this willis then even though it's I, your boys i honestly i thought it's a yes I, or no g are you co-signing yeah, it I'm, co- I'm co-signing it but i thought okay, there were, i thought there were bigger willises out there this week but i but fine he deserves that's, his willis that's fair all right well that brings the pod to an end thanks for listening really appreciate your time and tune in for next week Thank you.